Pes du dizabeg. Walk it like I talk it, episode one, season one, take one. Hey there. <laughs> How you guys doing? Don't mind me, I'm just playing with you. My name is Ibuka Mike, finest man alive. I'm live here on Walk It Like I Talk It with. I think he introduced himself. I'm not going to do that for him to make me to start this spot. The whole season, I'm the one that, anyways, it's a season of good tidings. It's a sign. If you're watching this at this time, it's a sign. Yeah. Doesn't matter if your data, just 300 them be left. You can only believe. <laughs> I'm joking, man. Leave your, phone, leave your phone off. No, I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> But God can do anything, forget. True. Forget, True. forget. God can do anything. All right. My name is Itowo Udofia. I'm the host of the Walking Like a Talking podcast. And with me here today is Imka Mike, the finest man alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk that like you believe her. But, anyways, it is what it is. I'm fine past you now. I'm not saying you will need your laptop. You're leaving my I run that. Don't worry. First day your podcast. <laughs> Time will tell. All right. So let's get started, right? Okay. Um, so just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do. I know you're a man of many talents, a man of many professions, right? So just give us a summary of who you are. Um, my name is Ibuka Mike. Uh, Ibuka Ikimbichi, actually. Ibuka. Ikimbichi Chukwe Ibuka Mike. I don't even know my full government name. So, so that's how you got Ibuka Mike? No, no, actually, no. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, yeah, actually. Chukwe Ibuka. So if you, if you put the initials, yeah. it's Michael Ikimichi Chukwe Ibuka. So Mike, Mike. So Ibuka Mike. Who would think it's microphone? You didn't know, <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, so Ibuka Mike is, uh, well, I don't even know what I am again, you know, because normally I would, like, I would have, if it was like, say, one year ago, I would have said Ibuka Mike is a stand-up comedian, content creator, finest man alive, multi-celebrity human, blah, blah, blah. But I'm in a phase where I'm trying to redefine myself. And so I'll just say Buka Mike is a, is a guy. He's a guy. He's a man of God. The man of God. And that's what I was saying. He's God's man. As, well, me, I know you as a comedian. Yeah, yeah, you have not updated him. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I'm a great stand-up comedian. I yeah. was, I am, anyone. But I am a great stand-up comedian. Actually, I, I met Ibuka in, I think, 2021. Yeah, 2021, we invited him to Bowen University to be a judge on uh, Bowen's Got Talent. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you, Bowen does not got talent. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired! Wow. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. We were Ibuka was there shouting when Solomon was doing his card <laughs> tricks. Like, ah, we get videos of you. We get videos of you. Ah, I'm I don't pay my transport back. <laughs> I wish I had that for the most useful group. Those guys are really talented and all. Yeah, nice one. So um I I remember I remember the first time I met you, right? Oh, right from I thought I said I'd be babe. <laughs> That's the first time I met you. Right from Right from that moment, you right. know. Yeah. I was just laughing all through. I was just laughing all through. And then yeah, I think that was when I really vibed to your comedy. Yeah. Not even without even watching you. Yeah. Right. Meeting you face to face. I was like, no, this guy, this guy is a funny guy. Thank he has you. he has jokes. Thank <laughs> you, boss. Thank so, so I want to um walk us through how you got into comedy. Comedy, you know, for me, there was not you know, some people have that you for me, yeah. I've always been a funny guy. Okay. From 
I'm funny guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're all funny, you know. Things are funny in the country in general. So. But yeah, like I was a funny guy. You can say that, like maybe someone like you now, funny yeah. guy. And I've always had that charisma, you know. So I was born with it. So when I talk, people listen, you know. But I never thought about, I've, I've done it all. I knew I was, you know, I, I sang, I did all the dance. I was a kid, you know, I was a dancer. Oh, I was also a rapper as well. I used to rap. That was in secondary school. Okay. But, you know, I was just always out there and I could do anything, actually. But for comedy, I would say for me, comedy, you know, really hits for me. Sometime in, um, I was in, say, about to leave primary school, about to enter secondary school. And um, I observed that, you know, my uncle bought this Night of a Thousand Laughs CDs, you know, and it was Basket Mouth, there was, there was um, Omo Baba, there was Maliki, there was, you know, different guys on that, I go die. And I watched that stuff, I saw these guys stand and make that whole theater just bust up in humor. I'm like, yeah. I can do this stuff now, you know, so that really sowed the seed. And then Omo Baba's legendary you know, Nahudu for Fumufu and all those, you know, jokes. And seeing somebody, the control, you know, somebody just stand and control the emotions of people in mass. You know, so I was like, I could do that. And I just decided, okay. So when I entered secondary school, GS1, you know, because of, it was like a different, just imagine going to a primary school where the whole primary school is like 200 people. Yeah, okay. Then entering a, a secondary school where just your set is like 270 something. <laughs> so, ah, that's light now. That's light. I'm just a federal school. Oh, so, <laughs> so, like the whole so school. So, my set alone, well, I won't keep. You understand? But for me, the whole school was like, say, 1 8. Yeah. You know, 1 7, 1 6. So, it was like a whole new ball game. Like you get. So, I wanted to keep it low. But in my class, I was still hilarious. Everyone just want to see. Still a funny guy. Always been a funny guy. You know, but I never came out to do stand up, you know. I always started singing because it was easier then. When I came, it was easier then. There were more people singing and, you know, so I, I, I became a star in just one. Like, oh, the song. Oh, I sing yours. You know what you want. I dropped all the hits. You know, I always have these celebrations every month. I'm called birthday celebrations. So birthday celebs. So people will come and perform. People will make beats with keyboard. You know, do different stuff. Lots of creative people. And till today, you know, FA has produced a lot of talented people. So, GS2, I became a full-time rapper. You know, hardcore, punchlines and flows, everything. I had a freestyle back. You know, maybe because I just I was quick on my feet, you know. I remember in GS2. And the bad thing about school eh, was yeah. like, when she had a presentation that flopped. Eh, she presentation flopped. Ha! Ah, that month was ruined. Like, people actually shed tears for this thing, you know. So I, on my own, I was like, okay. Just two, we tried, tried. I don't want to go into that rap story, but where comedy really came in was in GS3. You know, I, I kind of stumbled on that CD again. That's the night of the Yeah, and yeah. it just I said, bro, I can do this. I remember those CDs, man? Basket Mouth. At least you get. Basket Mouth. Um, yeah. Bucci. Do you get. So I was in GS3, I was like, bro, when I go back to school, I'm going to do a show. You know, and GS3, because we were writing Junior, we used to call it Becky at the time. We were writing that, so. A lot of people were, you know, 
Yeah, we're going to be in school a long time, the extensions and all what you have. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to do a show this GS3, you know, and I was already getting, people knew me in my set, you know, so I just, I collaborated with a few other guys and we did the show. And it was the first time I'm going to do like, I was going to do the stand-up, tell these jokes, you know. So that show was like 70%, 90% jokes from that CD. I just did again, again, but people were, and but one the, the funny thing was, I was able to localize it to our context, you know, to what they so could relate to. School. Yeah, so, and I realized that the jokes that were more tilted towards what was going on got more laughs than even those standard guys. So, I was like, you know what? I think I'll start doing my own stuff, you know? I'll start thinking, creating my own stuff, which I did, you know? And so, gradually, my I was getting bolder and bolder to do my own original stuff. My SS1 had a couple of guys. We started the satirical group. We were four, but we called it three idiots. So you said the what? The what? You said the satir something group. Yeah, we started a satirical group. Like what's this? What's what's the, what's the meaning of that? Satirical. Like, satire means the type of comedy where. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah, so it was a comedy group. We did sketches live on stage, and you know, so we we're four, but we called it three idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think even the three musketeers actually four. You understand? So that was just the idea, you know, three idiots. And I don't even know how I agreed to it. We call it myself three idiots. <laughs> people loved it. And we're so, that was the another level of fame, bro. True. I'd seen fame through music, but it was just set fame. When we did three idiots, this is a new comedy so powerful. Fame to even management level. Just that Westerns, bro. Three idiots. And it was, it was one of our teachers then. So I mean, I you know, organized the group. He helped us with the first script. I know you know some people. You know Messer Blue? No, I don't. Oh, Messer Blue is... He was in that group, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, four of us. And so we started doing SS1. We did a show. SS2. Then SS2. By that time, my stand-up game, I've honed it, honed it. Yeah. I was good. You get on my... By the jokes, you understand? So I did my first handle-on show. Oh, I thought the first and the last was your first standalone show. Yeah, first in Lagos and oh, okay. first outside, you know. But this was secondary school now. True. So, so but I always sold tickets. Always. Yeah, I, I remember, tickets. sorry to cut you short, but I remember even in, even in my secondary school, um, then they used to organize comedy shows every Friday evening. Mm-hmm. I think that was when we were in SSO, SS3. Um, Ero, was it Ero? Yeah, Ero Clinton. Yeah, now he goes by the name MC Bongo J. Um, and then a few others like that. From Isokezie, if you others like that, all of them, they'll just gather up. And he, I remember it used to be so fun. We'll just go there and just... It was a good way to to, to ease the stress you of get, the whole week. Yeah. You understand? So, but this one was never... We couldn't even do it as frequently like that. So we had to time it, you know, when... Because secondary school, they always... Actually, I went to boarding house. So, they always back to back. They have, they've planned your life. Yeah, true. So you just have to find that leeway and just do it. So, I did the first show. I won't say the name of the show because that's the password to some of my devices. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did the show and um, that was the first one SS2. Then I started performing because I became social perfect, you know. So I started even doing these jokes uh, at, of, of course that at comes school skill, you know. So I was that guy. So in SS3, I did the show twice, two times, because we now we're just preparing for work. And so people already knew. That time, how we used to do posters. My guy would draw my face, literally. On paper? On cardboard. Wow. He would draw my face and put the 
they put the tickets and everything, you know. In that, the creativity, maybe because we didn't used to watch TV. True. We have access to TV. We have access to the outside world. So that incubation may be able to just, you know, a BA. A BA. Yes. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. A BA went to everything. We had to, you know, look in and just get get something. Everybody wanted to be known for something. You get. So with that mindset, I already had the sense of what I wanted to do because I was already very good by SS3. I was already doing shows or performing for one hour, two hours. You understand? Yeah. I had the content, I had the materials, I had the delivery, so I had the timing. So now the question was, where was I going to go to school? Where was I going to go to uni? And so because I know this is what I wanted to do at the time. It's like a mom. I wanted to go to a uni that would help me, you understand, do, with this craft. When I saw CU that at the amount my gods were there, the SLKs were there, the D1s were there, the APAs were there. You know, and because of the way CU was an enclosed space, sure. but their social media presence was loud, you know, and because of that, they supported their own. I just saw all those things there. So when I was in SS3, my parents wanted me to go to a federal university. Uh, as all parents. You know, <laughs> actually, some parents in CU, what you find in CU in most cases, the people want to go to, the students want to go to federal universities. Their parents don't want them to go. Oh, wow. So you have many students in CU against their will. But my father was like, it's not me to pay these CU school fees. Then just come and go abroad. Go to Ukraine. Thank God I didn't go. Go to Ukraine. <laughs> go to Ukraine. You'd have been done by now, yeah. Who knows? Go to Ukraine. <laughs> go to Ukraine. Go to Bulgaria. All those East Blocks. Because the school is actually the same. Yeah. Go there and let me know that you're abroad. I was like, no. I didn't want to go to Federal Uni because I thought about it that. Oh, it's such it. a massive world, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, if I want to go and do comedy uni land, with are like 60,000 students. That's already like hustling in Lagos. You understand? With the burden of studentship and trying to go to school. But at that point, Omo, if you blow in lag, you... Well, what? you For you to blow in lag, you have to have blown in Lagos. Exactly. <laughs> so, I have you're like, bro. But if I go to Covenant, nobody knows that there are just 7K students in Covenant. Sure. If I become Covenant guy, when they are calling university comedians, they'll come in the same sentence with the guy from really lag. And if I'm good enough, I mean, hey. Yeah. And then because private schools are quite closely knitted. So if you day popular for Covenants, you go day popular for Babcock, you go day popular. Yeah, you understand? So like yeah, like yeah, like it's just gonna spread. So I'm like, that was my thinking. And in Covenant, they, they will force them to come out for every show. I don't need to work hard. <laughs> yes, I just need to be funny. <laughs> you get that's my thinking. I was in yeah. the You know, so I said I'm going to go to Covenant. And I went to Covenant and you know, from my first week in Covenant, I just you know, I performed and, you know, it was like wildfire. You know, everybody was like, I was so funny, but I became a star before I could, before I could even matriculate. So that's, that's how I got into comedy. So it's good to see that it came from right from when you were small. It's something that you had been honing your skill, right? Till the point where you are, where you are now, right? But we know you do a lot of things. Okay. You do a lot of things. Um, I think you're a product manager now. Yeah. We're not going to mention the company. Yes. Yeah. Nah, group communication is <laughs> <friends. laughs> But it's a great company. Yeah. Africa is unique. Anyway, so. <laughs> I know you've been a social media manager before. Yeah, I have. Uh, you've been a product owner. Yeah, I have. Uh, you also studied um, information communication engineering. Uh, engineering yeah. Right? So, how... How has it been doing all these things 
Like, why the diversification? Well, it's not really diverse. Okay, let me say, like, let me start with the course I studied in school. Okay. You know, parents are manipulative, man. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> You should, you should say that. I remember my dad wanted me to study medicine. <laughs> I don't know. When his parents come up with these ideas, when you pick just say, how can I make him suspect? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what happened with me, yeah? In church, when I was growing up, I, there was a guy. His name was Brother Dio. Brother Dio was so good with his hands. Like, the guy could fix, could fix anything. Yeah. Like, when the guy lived with us a couple of months and anything that got spot in that house this guy fixed it anything in this life that got spot i was like who is this guy he looks like god like how can he just repair anything he got so mad that my, my parents be like don't remember that because you give it to him and fix it i don't know tv oh, um what fan oh, light oh. i'm like how does this guy know everything so i was intrigued that i wanted to be like this guy that could fix anything I remember telling my, but the guy worked in church, so the department in the church was called technical. So I told my mom, I wanted to be, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a technical. That's what I wanted to be. Yeah. So my mom is not like, no, why do you want to be a technical? So I thought, I did not tell me that the English, the guy told me the English is technician. Okay. So I said, okay, I want to be a technician. No, 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 the technician is too, I uh, know. They say, instead of being a technician, be an engineer. I want to see, see this graduation <laughs> of manipulation. So be an engineer. Technicians work for engineers, so you be an engineer. You'll be their boss. Do you understand? So I was like, okay, engineer. I said, okay. What I had is, they came to me to say, there are many kinds of engineers. I said, but which one does this electrical this stuff? Is it electrical, engineer. electronics, engineer? I said, okay. That's what I want to be. Electrical, electronics, engineer. That's what my father told me. He's the one that was educating me. One day, my father just comes now in primary five. He just says, hey, Buka, you know, if you be an electrical electronics engineer, you'll be limited. I said, bro, what did they happen? <laughs> so why don't you be a mechanical engineer so that you can walk anywhere? They tell you you can walk anywhere, my brother. <laughs> yeah, in trouble. <laughs> Say you can walk anywhere. I said, okay. Voila, mechanical engineer. Guy! Mechanical engineer. I said, got that course. I've already put it in jam. Then one guy came from CU, one of my friends, Samson is Sammy, my friend, he's yeah. my senior brother. He came and asked, can what do you I said, mechanical He guy asked me why. He said, because uh, are you sure? Now nah, I've always been smart, okay? So yeah. it was not a case of can I do it? And maybe that's what gave my parents the impetus to be always pushing me to these extreme career paths. You know, because they felt your your head fit career, why don't you do it? You know, but I didn't want to do that, so one day I met a man, his name was Mr. Moke. He sat me down and asked me, so why do you want to go and do mechanical engineering? I said, my father wants me to do it. So like, started talking to me like, why would I want to waste five years of my life trying to do something that I know that from the beginning that I'm not going to use? Why don't I find something like a middle ground? So well, he was pitching computer science to me, that would be four years and what have you. But at that time, computer science never did pop like it pop today. Now, as at that point of entry, you know, nobody was so African parents are not yet knowing that there was developer money, there yeah. was programming money. Nobody knew that tech money. Nobody knew that now. So I thought, how can I find the balance? She said, okay, I see. I see. Look like the middle. 
So I said, I'll choose IC. And I choose IC. And I found that, I even found that IC is just the same thing as a lake. It's as hard as it. But I already entered, so and I could do it. So I, I did not do that. So that, that's how I got into IC. But social media management came during NYC. You know, that's a story for a whole other day. You know, so I just got a job. Actually, I was looking for a job because. Why well, you not posted some? Just be <laughs> If I won't be minister tomorrow, <laughs> they will say, You said I'm walking like I talked to it. <laughs> you know, so if I leave my wife, I served. I served. No, I guess. No, we know you served because yes. there's evidence. I, I know a couple of people who said they so met you in camp. I know, they met you in camp. Yes. I know, scatter the evidence for me. Just <laughs> leave the evidence for the thing. <laughs> you know, so, but just know that it was really NYC that I started, you know, social media. Just did it for just like five months. You know, but there are a lot of experiences, you know. So then from there, you know, products. I wanted to, I was, you know, I started pastoring actively and, you know, I thought to myself that oh, boy, I need, you know, comedy money is good, but it's seasonal. Yeah. And when, you, when you're pastoring the church, you know, the needs of the brethren is constant. It comes. You pastor your own church? No, 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 no. no. Okay. But the people come and they have challenges, right? So... It, it, it doesn't stop. That's why people say, oh, pastors, they chop money. I'm like, if it's if easy, do up. You understand? Start a church. If, it, if it's not for you, if it's, so, if it's so profitable. I want to start a church. The seed church. The seed. The seed church. What does that mean? The seed. That, that's just the seed church. Are you serious? Yes. When? I'm waiting for God to officially call me. Okay, you don't call yourself. <laughs> I don't call you don't myself. Flash. You don't flash. <laughs> I don't flash. <laughs> you need to call back. <laughs> wait, wait, brethren, please. I... I I have an inclination in my spirit. Okay. You need to lay a seed. Oh, that I will lay. My brother, you're not ready. That's your seed in the layup. <laughs> Remember, you go, where you go see the people. Where you go lay that seed. No, that one know how now. Uh, how, how? We'll go find people. How you want to find people? We'll go find people. I'd rather to see the MMM. <laughs> but I think it's like people, people to bring to people. Yeah. My brother, don't, don't play. It's not easy. If, if, if you're, you know, if you check the stats, actually, most, every year, about, I'm not sure, I'm not sure with the accurate about, about yeah. 40 something percent of pastors. But that's a wide thing to say. But from their focus group, yeah, they, are, they suffer depression every year. And a greater number of them commit suicide. I mean, I mean, when pastoring in a church is not easy because I want, I want to think of you are constantly hearing problems. Yes, that most likely even more than testimonies. Is that there's betrayal too. True. There's disappointment too. There's nothing more frustrating than when you don't have the funds. As I was that Bishop Benson, that's what I said, anointing without money is annoyance. It's true. Because there's nothing more frustrating than having a commission from God. And not having and not the... being able to prosecute it. It's so frustrating. I tell you. you have not known that frustration. God call you. Well, for... <laughs> well, First of all, let's explain what a calling is. Okay. I think it helps some people because many people don't know what a call is. You know, you think I still find it hard to believe he's a pastor though, but mm-hmm. don't worry, you go soon though. So <laughs> when you have what is a call? A calling, you know, scripture. Because most of when you think of calling, what it comes to their mind is a light from on the road to Damascus. So, so why persecutors now me? You know, that's what you think a calling is. They are, stuck on grandiose, spectacular stuff, yeah. you know. 
But a calling is more spiritual because God is the father of spirits and he himself is spirit. So a call most times will be more spiritual than physical. A call is a beacon of God on your spirit. It's a pool of the spirit. It's a pool of God. God is pulling you towards a direction. Yeah. You know, and you cannot but go. And it's obvious to you that maybe through prophetic words, through visions, whatever, it's obvious through the word, through encounters, whatever, it's obvious to you that God is pulling you, you know, towards this direction. Why are you, why are you just going but this way? You know, it's beyond passion. Yeah. It's not, we're not talking about passion here. It's a call. And so, for me, before I was born, you know, my parents have already done things on my head. You know, before I came, you know, and because of the way I came, you know, I came, my parents waited a while, you know, before I came. And so... I had the first child, only child. First. Okay. And so they already had said, oh, more, God, if you give us a son, we'll give him to you. You know? And so when I was born, they were, first of all, they gave me to God. But even the prophetic words that had gone concerning my life had shown that this one was going to be used of God. It was going to be a man of God. Do you know what I'm yeah. So me, I've always known since I was a child. I was raised to do this thing. You know? Yeah, I, I saw your tweet earlier today uh-huh. where, where you said... I yeah. was born to do this thing. You understand? And it, I, it comes so easy to me. All right? Even the graces, the relevant gifts of the Spirit, everything comes naturally. But I wanted to delay it. Mm, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Jonah in the sense of Jonah, because Jonah's only wanted to run in opposite direction. I wanted to just slow the pace. You know, I was hoping that I'll be pastoring my when I'm like 35, 36. Not more than 11 years or 12 years before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was thinking that I would start much later. Much in later, you know. So I was slowing the pace, you know, trying to, but when Bible says, when he pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, you know. That's what happened to Paul. That's what happened to me. So when it was time, from leading, I've been leading groups, you know, small groups, you know, but I was just doing it just so that I don't get to be out rightly pastor in the church. But when it was time, you know, and when God sends you, you know. You know. But yeah. most times, you know, because people don't also understand, you know, if you study scriptural pattern, God does the calling. It's man that does the sending, you know. And so people don't know, God calls Paul Acts 9. I don't want to turn you into Bible study, but... Oh, no, but yeah. God calls Paul Acts 9, all right? He calls him in Acts 9. Paul leaves to Arabia. But it's until Acts 13. Because even in Acts 11, him and Barnabas do a little work, you know, but they are not yet actively preaching as apostles that were sent in... As he was an apostle that was sent in Acts 9. Until Acts 13. Where they are in a meeting like this. Some of your crew don't lose. <laughs> <laughs> and they like thirteen like this. And God says, separate unto me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work which I've sent them to do. And that's where they were sent. Yeah. So they were sent by the prophets and teachers in the church in Antioch. So it happens. Do you get what I'm saying? You you are called, but you must also wait to be sent, you know, because you can have that sense of recall and you go before time or you go later that time. So God always orchestrates, you know, your sending to through already established protocols. 
So basically, that's how it, that's how it was. That's deep. That's... But it's not only for ministry. Yeah. Even for other aspects of life, you know. I'm somebody that I'm passionate about purpose because many young people don't don't get it, you know. Yeah, you know, I, when I was when I was last year, I think. I think last year, starting from last year up until this year, or a large part of this year, I just I was just asking myself like, really, what is my purpose? What's like it was just something that my friends and I were asking on the group chat almost every other day. See, really, what is is life more than what we are doing now? <laughs> I feel you. Like, what else is there to do? And I mean, to some extent, I, I want to say it's because at a very young age we. Heard about it. Not really heard about We've done a lot. All right, okay. Fast, in fast. our own little yeah, yeah, yeah. way. Yeah. Right? We, and, and so we're like, okay, what else is there? Are we just supposed to keep applying for jobs, get a job, work <laughs> at a certain age, get married, have kids? It's a, it's a chasing of shadows. Yes, like what exactly is the end goal of all this? to all of this? Okay, now the thing is, even when it comes to this proposed conversation, um, you have... There are concepts that people conflict, okay? So there's purpose, there's plan, there's will, you know? So because we interchangeably use these things, but they don't actually all mean the same thing. Because, so people, for many young people, this purpose be, it's like hack, you know? Because we live in a generation where life hacks, you know? Yeah. Just go on YouTube, get a life hack. How to cook in four minutes, how to do this. So we think that things like this too should be, I mean, just tell me the thing, let me be going. That's what I'm saying. You know, but the fact is that purpose answers the core question, why? You know, why? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't answer, of all the f- questions, the most important question purpose will answer is why. Why were you born? Why are you here? Why at this time? Why now? You know what I'm saying? Why not 1800s? Why not 1700s? Why did you come now? Why? Well, why plan to answer how? You know, how are you going to arrive? Why will answer what? What exactly are you supposed to do? So, the purpose question, when you find it in generic, like you, you, because God also is not a fool. Say, He doesn't, don't cast your prayers before swine. So, people are too foolish to handle their destiny. So, it's a secret, it's encoded from them, even from them, because they have come, they proved themselves unworthy to know why they were born. Yeah. Because if they knew why they were born, they would destroy themselves. So God in his infinite mercy keeps that secret from them. Because they, they don't they don't yet know. So it's strange, it's, it's strange hearing you talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I switch to that side. The jokes we would have crap already to do. <laughs> if I switch that button, but that's I think I told you guys it first and last, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know. I, I I mean the title of this episode is two sides of a coin. The coin, okay. Right. So, and you are that coin. Hmm. So they are <laughs> <And> the dollar. <laughs> Two sides of a dollar. <laughs> you know? So there, there's and you said something in the first and the last yeah, that sometimes there is that collision yeah, that between crash, your comedy yeah. and your pastoral work. Right? And I want to add a third side, which is Office. your professional. Yeah, yeah. Like, so how how do you balance all these things? First of all, balance is a myth. You know, that's what People don't know, like, you can't balance it. Are you a joker? If you want to balance, you'll be mediocre. You just have to pick your struggle. So <laughs> you decide which one am I? You know, who are you? Okay. And you outline your priorities and balance it that way. So the one that you was prevented to give it more attention, why the others? Like that, you know? 
So for me, eh, it's always I've been, you know, I've been multitasking all my life. Yeah. Since primary school. So I'm kind of good at multitasking, you know, and doing many things. You know, my parents didn't know I was into this until SS3. Ah, God. Disappointment. Sounds super good. I was doing well in school, so they didn't. Oh, so they didn't. They, they didn't. never knew, you know. Although they were complaining because my father always felt like the brain power I had that I wasn't putting effort, which is true. Like when I entered CU, yeah, during the orientation, they would come and say, "Oh, we want to be first class." Everybody would raise up and even people that knew that they were here, now God just run out for them. <laughs> first class, I'm like, I want to do that. But me. You know, although I was a sharp guy, I didn't want a first class. Yeah. Why? Because I didn't need it. Because I knew that the department that I was in, all right, was so difficult. If I was to get a first class, I have to be married to the game. You know what I'm saying? I have to be a bookworm. And I was not ready to be. Uh, in my academics only came first place in my final year. Of five course. years. You have to, you have to my academics wrap was, it up. My academics was not even in top three for five years. My priorities of my life. Yeah. In school, academics would be four, five. What were the, what were those? I had first of all, I had this my career, this comedy. Comedy, yeah. You know, then I was the chairman of campus life. Then I had my service units, like you. I was in CUTG, the theater group. You know. Okay. I was loyal to them, so those things ranked above my books. So and those are my guiding principles. So if I never overworked hard for academics. You know, I just was, so far I was on 2 1, I was fine. You know, and I was getting the 2 1 stresslessly. I wasn't working too hard. You know, people were, people would die to get that, but I knew, don't worry, D. If I won't get this first class, I'll get it. Yeah, you know, but I don't need that. I think I just, I wanted to be a first class comic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, because I really dominated that covenant placement. I'm just saying, that was my respect. So you just know your struggle. So now that I'm outside in the world, you know, I just recently started working professionally. For him, I was okay. So you want to balance everything and you want to find out, obviously, some things, you know, just like sets. Those of you that had a good education, you would know um, about Venn diagram. Yeah. If you have a good education, don't worry, just <laughs> be patient. We'll get to you. So, <laughs> so the Venn diagram has intersecting sets, right? Yeah. So you have that point where Everything, oh, everything meets, yeah. So there is a part where, you know, the comedy, the pastor, the office intersect. Those areas of my life, you allow them. The areas where this guy, this guy so you just operate like that. Yeah. Then the areas that are outside, that's what you have to cut out of your life. So sometimes, because of the way the thing is, they are outside. You have to cut out those places. Yeah, I like that you give the illustration of the Venn diagram. Yeah. Right? And so... I want you to give practical examples where um, these roles, different roles that you hold, have come together. Come together? Yes. Okay. So, for example, probably your comedy skills has helped in, in your pastoring. I'm guessing you're a very funny pastor. <laughs> Normal. <laughs> yeah. Right? Which, which, of course, would um, help you with retaining you know, your audience and keeping them awake so yeah. that you don't sleep during service. You're not a boring pastor. Right. How has your, your work as a social media and now in tech, how are you using that to boost your comedy and boost? Well, well the thing is, the thing is, if you look at it this way, this is where I see it. All right. Um, 
that's the key, the purpose why I was born. Yeah. That's where the pastoring comes in. The comedy, all these things are comedy was a tool. It was always a means to an end. You know, you wouldn't know me even for comedy. True. Do you understand? So comedy is like a burning bush. So people come to that burning bush and they meet God. You understand what I'm saying? So comedy is like a platform. There are places I wouldn't enter. If I wasn't a comedian, if I wasn't, a comedian, if I wasn't on that level, I wouldn't be respected in some places, in some certain climes, and some places it gives me access to. Now, where it intersects is, I'm a, I'm a pastor. That's where yeah. I am. So if I go to, but I'm also funny. So um, maybe in the office, because you're funny, you can ease into any conversation. You can, and because people see you on stage, maybe somebody knows you. Yeah. You know, always they respect you. Oh, I saw that your video. Uh, somebody that was in the same, let me get like a press card, press card example. So I don't like bringing my, from experience, I don't like bringing my comedy side to the office. Okay. I don't like them knowing I'm a comedian. Because in my experience, it always backfires. It's automatically, they, they feel like you're not putting in your 100%. Feel like the fact that you can have a life outside this life. I mean, you still have something to give. <laughs> You're not giving us that thing. You know, people are like that. So, one day you call it, you are sick. You say, it's a lie. Which show? Which show are you doing? I'm like, I'm not sick, bro. You know that? So, people don't trust you anymore because of you. just feel like I'm all. You get. So, based on that, you already, I don't like bringing it, but hey, sometimes, somebody also said, I saw your video on TikTok in the office. Somebody that was looking at me less, less, you know, because of, I was, and I'm very, you wouldn't know, very, my looks are very deceiving. And I'm very quiet in places that people don't know me. Okay. I don't like to show myself. Okay, because he has not been quiet. <laughs> <laughs> he has not been quiet since he if, got here. If you go to places where they don't know me, I'm very quiet because I learned that in obscurity, when you're, when I'm not obscurity per se, but invisibility is a great cloak. When people don't think you count, you see their true color. Yeah. You see what they really think about you. The moment they know that you are something, all the fakeness comes, you know. In camp, at least in one week, I became a star in Shagam. Those ladies, we want you. That's another battle I fought, but leave that there. You know, so I, I didn't even know who was real, who was, who was fake, yeah. You know, so I like to be. I don't want you to know if I have any doing. I never put where my achievements on my sleeves. So people, I never tell you who I know. I don't tell you who's my phone number. I can't tell. I won't tell you whose contact I have. I just very so you can speak your mind. Like I know who you are, what you think. Yeah. Then I bring out that side. So now I'm in the office. This guy maybe is a senior guy in the office. You know. All of a sudden, the guy sees me at the hotel, in a show at the hotel on the weekend. Like, is that not Ibuka? He removes his ah. Is that not Ibuka? Ibuka. All of a sudden, everybody likes to be close to stardom, you know. The guy was in the crowd. I was on the stage. Hey, Jesus Christ! This boy's a star, and I've not known. <laughs> All of a sudden, the guy comes on Monday morning. It's like I swear at the code. I'm like, really? I'm like casted. I'm casted. Say, so you know those guys. Personally, the person that was looking at you less less nice, sitting close to you saying, mm -hmm. You know, me if I'm a fan of comedy. Okay? 
Now the guy is really into you. Yeah. You know, you guys become friends. And why you're becoming friends, I can get to talk to him about God. Yes, so that synergy happens there where all of them, you know, intersect, help one another because truly man's gifts makes room for him, all right? There's some rooms you can't enter normally, all right? But because of you're a funny guy, because of you're good, not that you're a funny guy, you're good at what you do. People just like, okay, share that. So yeah, basically. What about conflicts? Oh, well, comedy, for example, you know, when we do comedy, the people we perform to week in, week out to the most profane <laughs> men in the world. <laughs> you know, Ashawu, you know, Petronas of Ashawu, you know. And so, when I was, you know, before I even became, you know, as a Christian, it was crazy, you know, but I, hey, I was not part of the house. There's a scripture that says, among whom you shine as light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. You know, so yes. I am what I am. I'm no the light guy. So that plays also a mission for you, you understand. So when you stay with people like when we go to perform the nights, you know, the nightlife of a stand-up guy, you know, these are conflicts. What about when my members see my see. video on Instagram? Sometimes I want to cringe, you know. One time, one of my members called me and said, uh, her, her, her senior brother saw the jokes. Saw my joke. I called, I said, This is not your pastor. <laughs> okay, that day happened to be good. The guy was wild. Like, wow, okay. he does this too. But I was just thinking to myself, What if, what if the guy was not wild? You now, know? now, does that affect the quality of your jokes? In that, you, you know, some of the, I want to say some of the best jokes are some of the most foolish jokes. All right. Right? Or, what you can say. You said? Like the funniest jokes are the ones we can't say. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So for you now, do you have that, you know, the joke would just come. Is ah, if I say this joke, if I say this joke. Obviously, obviously, you have you have a responsibility. <laughs> we have a responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, it's that the thing is, first of all, I'm not that person. You know, comedy is is your perception. No? That's why when you see comedians that are joking, there is somebody that somebody that went to Boeing. Or coming at coming to say worry, worry. It's just like what are you what like? What's wrong with what you? Are you <laughs> what are you saying, bro? Why are you lying? <laughs> because it's so obvious that this guy, this guy was never a worry. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, boy, we had I knew one or two deep people I'm over. Just saying, I'm just saying, I'm yeah. examples. No, some people in our community send them close to. There's that people like Ibero. But, <laughs> but the point is that you know that's a side joke. Shout out to Ibero. <laughs> so the thing is that when you think about it deeply, eh, you have to you can only joke with your reality. Yeah. You understand? So as a person, I'm not a profane guy. All right. Do I see things that happen in the world that I'm like, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Yes, that's it. You know? Yeah, but it's not it's not mine to tell. You get. And even if I'm gonna tell it. I have some jokes. I mean, first and last, there were jokes on pornography then. Yeah. But they were from my perspective. Now, that is where some Christian folk is, you know, shift on their seats. Because they're like, ah, should he be saying that? You know, it's just to, it should not be coming out of me. You know, that kind of thing. But that's where the conflict is, you know. I'm not saying the world from where I sit, how I see it, you know. I could do a joke on prostitutes from where I sit. 
obviously I would not be condoning the arts. The I say the arts, like say that when you it, it, you can't scale. <laughs> I would not be condoning the arts. Lifestyle, but it happens in society. We can't deny. Yeah, it doesn't happen. I have something to say about it, but from my perspective, my vantage position, you get. So that's what it is. So, have I had jokes that? Well, it doesn't happen too frequently. One most times I'm thinking about the audience. Would they see it? In yeah, that would. Or would they just think? I mean, there's a particular set in that my special that I dropped on YouTube that we was talking about virginity and yeah. You know, I watched it with my mom. I was just, oh, it was a very cringe moment, you know. Ah, but you, you, you were a virgin. Or what <laughs> but I was talking about, you know, my, yeah. my perspective on sex. You know what I'm saying? But what I've heard, you know, the information that I've gathered, you know, I was thinking that her, she, was, she would laugh too. But it was so cringy. Because, you know, because of that only set, I thought about not releasing that whole special. Wow. Yeah, I thought about it. It was a, oh, should I, should I not, should I, should I not, should I Because I didn't want, you know, to start to explain. It's not, it's not to explain. See, actually, what I meant, you know, I was like, <laughs> but surprisingly, people got it. So I'm like, I mean, I've only got it. Only one person has gotten, had the boldness to come and meet me to say something. Said I, I, according to her, she said I, there were too many sexual innuendos, which I, I, I watched this person. I'm like, where? You know, but yeah. you know, True, everybody has that, that's what we call subjective feedback. Yeah, so and I, I appreciated it, you know, because at least that's the only negative feedback that somebody was bold enough to give me. Give you. And I appreciate that. But now that I because I, I know a lot of comedians take jabs at God often and yeah. they use God to joke. And now that I think about all the comedy shows that I've watched that you performed in, I, I don't think you've ever done that. You know, I just said that that I do this emission field. Most of these comedians you see, forget to yes, a comedian is joking, you know, but He's joking. He's joking. But there's a little... Truth. Not truth. Perspective. Okay. In what he's saying. That's his perspective. There are people, there are comedians that are not happy with God, truly. Someone has the, the urge to... Nothing is above joking. You want to feel powerful, you know. So they want to joke with God. So, as a comedian, as a Christian too, Christian first before a comedian, I can appreciate a joke in itself. Outside, insulated from every idea. That is, I can hear a joke and say that's a good joke. Yeah. You know, the technique, the everything was the delivery was this good. This joke was good. Doesn't mean I agree. Agree with what was said. What was said in the joke. You understand? And sometimes it doesn't have to be funny to me because obviously my sensitivities will make it not to be funny, but I can appreciate that. Ah, forget. Yeah, because I, I, there are shows that I watch and I, I see the subtle jabs that they make a god. Some of them are funny, but some of them I'm like... It's unnecessary, right? That's, that's it, taking it overboard yeah, or you are doing it too much. That's your overboard. That's your overboard. And that's life. Your, where you're crazy, the end. The end. Yeah, and another and person will understand, yeah. So, so, so it's, ah, that's too much. It's subjective. <laughs> Alright, so people love dark humor, very dark. I love dark humor. I'm dark humor. I like dark humor. Uh, they have not seen dark humor. Very dark. What I mean is, what is this? But you, when, when dark humor is so good that you know, they are laughing, at like, I shouldn't be laughing at this. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be laughing at this. But you're laughing at this. Yeah, that's good, man. 
Besides that, yeah, you get people don't know that or more. I, I can separate, I can separate my sensitivities from the humor. So I can say, uh, in comedy, in the world of comedy, nothing is above joking. Yeah. You know, anything, anyone can be joked about. That's what we say, there's a thing you don't joke about. That's not in comedy. That's, in comedy, a, that's, that's a joke in itself. You're funny because there's nothing that cannot be joked about. But everybody's sensitivities come into play. Everybody's perception of life yeah. comes into play. For example, what I know to be true is God. God is true. And therefore, anything outside God is not real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So somebody's cracking a joke about God that, oh, I slept with God. And people are laughing. The air fire, you know, <laughs> it's brewing. That's when you can laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it has a, it's gonna be hot, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, basically. Well, are, are, there, are there skills that you apply in all of them that are general to all of them, to all your everything yes, now, you do? Yeah. Everything complements now. Just like the meticulousness in product management, you bring that into your shows. You bring that into your releases. You know, you think that whole product thinking that product management gives end to end from the product's conception to its, you know, dying days. That's how you think about your releases too. It helps, you know. The same way, you know, your wisdom to life, you know, that deep insight into life. It helps. That's what people say because comedy is, is not basic. Because the truth is that's the reason why I wanted to stop comedy because... I wasn't being funny for funny sake. I was like, fella, you get Yeah. I was in comedy to say something. Yeah. So I found out that, oh, what, 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 what I don't have anything to say now. I have to, because I don't always perform everywhere. For me to hold the mic, I have something to say. So it's not just about why did the chicken cross the road? That's not what it is about for me, just that. It's not just about knock knock, who is there? I'm trying to make you laugh. No. I want to pass across my ideas, my, what I think, to you, yeah. subtly. So that, because comedy is the most powerful tool for mind control. People don't even know. More than music? More than music, don't play. When you can laugh at something, you cannot only, not only has that thing settled in your consciousness, number two, you can be that. Let me give you a case example. You remember in early 2000s, at least you should have been born by then. <laughs> Remember the, how did the gay guys start entering our movies? The gay guy will be the funny guy in the movie. The yeah. guy will be the funny guy. He'll be the, you know, hilarious guy in the movie. Everybody loved, that guy will say something funny. Yeah. Cross-dressers. You know, they came through comedy. Comedy was the ease into society. People, yeah, people were like, oh. Sure, I, can, I, can, I don't want to list names, but yeah. They're like, watching your screen and you're like, cool, cool. That's mad. You don't know. Even this shit that we just, they don't release. This shit. Yeah. That guy was funny now. What's his name? <laughs> I haven't watched the boy yet. Yeah. What was his name again? Huh? What's his name again? Cisco. The guy that's Aka. Aka yeah. Nani. He was a quiet guy that was, he was a funny guy. And so, even you, with all your MFM in you, because he's making you laugh. You, you, you are comfortable with it because there's nothing they're outrightly kissing on the scene. He's just doing what she's doing. And before you know it, Scheduling easily into your consciousness. Now you see it on the road. Yeah, like it's comedy. It's cool, it's cool, it's hilarious. So comedy is powerful, bro. If somebody wants to pass across an ideology, you know, how did they pass across? Even look at the, I don't like to call names, but look at the way the skits trends, you know, 
they will tell you that there's a saying, art imitates life, right? Yeah. But life also imitates art. You understand? How, your version of a date today, where did you learn it from? My you version know? of a date. Like your, your idea of a date. Where did you get it from? Most likely from a movie or something. You get it? Yeah. Don't be saying you say I want to be original. Yeah. The movies are already brilliant. Even the way you will kiss your wife. <laughs> is a if you have no right. But it's a movie. Why the rest of them? Who they rob you? I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Where you get your wife? Is a movie that's already a movie, a song, you know, something you saw at. Yeah. It's basically now injecting life with what they want life to be. So basically, that's what it is. So comedy is very powerful, bro. I've never decided to milk the... How did, how did you make... How did Tinubu become your president? How did you gain fame, worldwide fame? Comedy. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. We are laughing. We don't know that. The guy was made by me. Now, people that have seen it, you know, people that have seen it, to you that are educated, you're like, no, this guy can never be my president. No, this guy can never blah, 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 yeah. blah. But his supporters were seeing more of his videos. were like, oh, Baba, Baba is, is joking. It's not, it's not serious. Yeah. And they are even getting defensive. How many is powerful? Forget. If you don't know, things like, things like, and you know, I like about comedy is that because of his hilarious here, you could use comedy to push, you know, push back. The billboards of this world, all right? The world, all this feminism vibe coming into yeah. the world. Yeah, um, yeah, I know a lot of comedians pushing it. Patrice O'Neill, billboard, they just use their comedy to push it back. And it's funny. Another Dave Chappelle as well. Dave Chappelle. I fighting Dave Chappelle. culture, fighting idea. Dave Chappelle is some people's, some people, when they want to quote something, they put Dave Chappelle's comedy special. Yeah. As their response, because somebody sitting you down, he has the gift of gab, can sit you down, engage you, talk with you. All of a sudden now you are, you know, you are thinking about what this guy is saying. I've never been in the show. I said, it actually makes sense. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> hey, you, said, you said comedy is powerful, yeah, right? Yeah. And your comedy is powerful. Right. And so powerful you want a millionaire. And, uh, That's many years ago. <laughs> yeah, 2020, the um, Alibaba's continuity yeah. um, contest. So, yeah. Uh, what did you spend that money on? Ah. <laughs> I had to pay bread price. I'm digging. What I thought it was. Actually, what I did, I paid school fees. Oh, okay. Fees. I used the money to pay. Your parents must have been so happy. I'm so relieved. They've already told me before time that uh, this last school fees, now you go pay them. How? So, as it was me that was relieved. But <laughs> 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 it was miraculous. I won't lie to you. And you know, they've never, they've never given anybody that money again. Oh, wow. Normally, spontaneity is just the car. Once the winner gets the car, everybody go. We have tried. Oh, so you got a car as well? No, I didn't win. I was I was odd. Oh. oh, okay. But the grace. Yeah, yes, that. The grease is on my lips. This guy is about what that? Oh, God. Forget yeah. to. As, as a creative, yeah, as a comedian, talk to me. right? You guys experience criticism Bro. day in, day out, right? How, how do you deal with that? 
Well, I think I learned the hard way in secondary school because all the ladies hated me. Oh, I use them crack joke, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, I thought it was all fun, though. I don't know if think it's the person. They hated me with a passion. I've, I've never seen hate grow. I was like, maybe just jokes. Maybe, and that's what made me mature because I think it's where I learned that, you know, because if you can take something, doesn't mean other people can take. So criticism happens. You only just wait. What's the truth in this? You understand? People can say everybody likes to talk. You get. So we just look at what. What's the truth? And that actually did this thing spitefully. Now you can do the right, the right thing the wrong, the wrong way. way, and you can do the wrong thing in a way that you thought was right. You know. So you just want to say, which one is it? If it's a case that I did the right thing but I did the wrong way, I can apologize for how I did it. Not for what I did. You understand? Any something that I did that was wrong. I'm not too big to say sorry. If 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 I offended you publicly, I'll apologize publicly. If I offended you privately, I'll apologize privately. So that's how I am. You get. But when people went to go and tell him, yeah. people can say, people can say this. The guy was already infuriated. Like, what, what did people say? Until he watched it himself. And he's like, ah, this is not too bad, man. This is just a joke. Yeah. What other guys will say. My business, you can you can insult me, don't insult my business. <laughs> everybody get your money there. You can't please everybody. So sometimes you will collect. Once you collect, Frank Adede, collect it and go. Hi, bro. Most of what you just said, right? Um, and it's something you mentioned you mentioned in passing earlier. How, how have you dealt with the inflow of women? Because I'm guessing a lot. There are a lot of them. Funny enough, it's not like that. Remember, I know they go for fame again. Your baby don't give him back her passport. She don't find the passport. <laughs> I brother. For me, uh, I think it's choosing your battles. Okay. Yes. When I was in secondary school, when I was in CU, I didn't get the B because I was thinking about the comparison. The comparison. Like the juggle. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing the one of the hardest courses in CU. Friends pursue this comedy play. I want to bring BB inside. And I want to like feel like graduation already hungry. Like that spill over. That's what I want to be a professional student. That is professional student. <laughs> oh, I met some guys. Imagine Bowen started, I think, in 04. I met some guys that they are um Matric number. Matric, I think when I started in 02, 02, 03, 04, shall, around that time. Matric number, 06. Like, I 06 this year, you know. Like, <sighs> this was the calling them, we started calling them engineer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, engineer Ike. You know, I already had an engineer by virtue of practice. <laughs> so, bro, I say, so I chose, I, I chose my, but by the time I ended like 23 level, I wanted to try. But everybody don't deal on, everybody's P has been set. Yeah, oh, guys. I mean, I resumed later. I resumed in December, so by the time I resume, all the babes don't go. That's how I ended up single for the whole of my investing life. Same here, you know, it's focus. I went to bachelors. <laughs> Slow. <laughs> nice one, nice one. You like the comedy? Uh-uh, I tell you, it's funny, you know? <laughs> brother, no try. For no other So in, in, in the first and last, right, you said that was the... Last time we're going to see you at this level, mm. and it was the first time we're going to see you. So yeah, it was the first time we're going to see you do um, like a standalone 
without having any opening act uh, or whatever. And it was the last time we're going to see you at this level. So I'm guessing there are upcoming projects. So yeah, yeah. About that, like I said, my my comic side is I'm, I want to do something like this. You know, I want to start something like this. Yeah. You know, but I'm looking at. Like I said, I'm at the phase where I'm trying to redefine myself. So I'm so ex- the, the success of the special is surprising me though. I never thought it would get Ghana reception like it did. You know, so I'm trying to take that into because that was not my plan. I was like, <laughs> I just drop it and run. But I will not lie, like most artists, you know, every artist working on new stuff. I'm not going to know you know, it's as I'm like this. I'm just I'm counting, I'm recalibrating, you know, choosing my living again. Yeah. So that I could from the world of experiences decide what next to do. But I'm my major focus now is church. So yeah. After having conversations with you today, I can say, okay, go to Ibuka Mike's church. <laughs> ah, you never see me in actual. Anyways, Which, I, I wish to start putting that, that type, that of, type content. of content. Yeah. You know, but I'm trying to, then again, some people already know me. Like I said, in the special, some people know me as, they can't believe I'm joking like this with you. Yeah. You know? So I'm trying to marry all worlds. Together. Mm-hmm. So there's no, I don't want it, I don't want it to seem, because I'm not living a double life. You know, it's the same me, you know, but maybe because of where you're positioned in my life, you never get to see. See this side, and it makes it look like it's a double life. So hey, I want to. Why Ibuka go cool, Yes, yes. But... So I want to turn around for everybody to, you know, get a full view, basically. So, yeah. You said something earlier. You said with every comment, with every joke that you tell, you try to tell a message. Yeah. What would you say is the central message that you always try to give out in, in every joke? Central message, that's a hard one, but every every time I'm trying to be real, you know. I'm trying to, there's a woke culture that is rising that is not built on reality. True. It's built on a utopia, false perception of life. So I try to, every joke is to call you back to reality. Yeah. That's every joke. Every joke is to say, come back, hey, come back, basically. Yeah. So we've spent quite a long time here, I'm right? Down. How long has this been? I, I was thinking like, oh, more. I've been here for a while. Yeah, we're, we're going to wrap up now, right? Um, so looking back, right, what would you have done differently? Looking back now, I have no regrets. Moving forward, there's all this left. Wouldn't change a thing. I understand why the comedy takes precedence <laughs> over, the, over the singing. How you? I so now yeah, be why is crazy shit. No, but for me, if I look, if I go back, what would I have done differently? Maybe I would have even actually nothing. Actually, I wouldn't do anything differently. Okay, maybe if I go back, I would. Not too far back, but I'll document my process better. You know? I love what Kanye did. Yeah, genius. I love what Kanye did. Because all these stories I'm telling you now, it'd be easier if I had. Down in your head. You know, genius. If I had videos, if I was consciously, and I'm still not a video person, I'm still not a picture person, you know, but I'm working hard to like document because a lot of greatness happens with me, man. So I just need to start, you know, putting stuff. In perspective. So who who are your role models in so we're done with the main part of the podcast, right? So this is just random questions, right? My and role models. 
I thought you were role models in the industry. What do you, what do you mean in, role model? So um, role model being people you saw, right? And you said, I, I'm guessing people you saw in a night of a thousand lives will be your role models. And then your mentors, people you have direct access to. So talk about that as a pastor and as a comedian. In comedy, role models, there's nobody that's a role model. Like I want to model my life after, but there are different aspects of people of, that I respect. You know, that's why I can use that role model in this. Okay. For example, you look at people like, you know, Basket Mouth, Bovi. When you look at the way they've handled themselves with the crafts. Yeah, over the years. Their relevance in stand-up, you know, doing active stand-up is very inspiring. And so something to learn. Even their delivery, you know, their branding of themselves. AY2 is like that in terms of the acumen and monetizing, commercializing yeah. this pee. By the way, now what are we the drink since so? <laughs> well, you Because it is I read top. No, silver and gold. <laughs> So yeah, so based on that, then he's um then Ali Brabato for the fact he's being visionary. Yeah. I mean he's then mentoring in comedy, I've not really the closest to mentoring I've had was Omo Baba when I was at actively performing at his club. When I just came from school to be really mentored. So that's the closest I've had to a mentor. But in the comedy scene, there's not let me not enter that place. Mm. Let me only leave it like what I said. So mentoring, I'll say Mubaba is the closest I've, I've had. And maybe I've had rock minds what I SLK, you know. Yeah. And then on the pastor side and on the professional side? On the pastor side, my role model is man of God, Pastor Chris. So that's also, you know. That's if his life saves, that's actually I mean, that's how I'm going to pattern my life after, you know. Says strong sense of vision. Mm. Yeah direction and our purpose. So if it's on the professional side, oh, it isn't that work. I really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, that's the good body and soul. I can't get room there for product manager. Are you joking? Maybe, maybe my boss. So you've spoken quite a number of times of how proud your father is of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like you to give Sorry, what I spoke. Us, the audience, mm. four short tips to making your father proud. Oh, four short tips to make your father proud. Number one, number one is, is it my father or any father? All fathers, African fathers. African fathers, number one. What make your father proud when you're younger? Do well in school. He's going to be proud of you. If you just do well in school, he's going to be so proud when you're younger. But when you're older, she, Doing well in school, don't really. The way they switch up on you. <laughs> that's, that's just gives you head start. Number two, if you want to make your father proud, you cannot afford to be womanizing when you're younger. But you must manufacture a woman immediately you are 25. Woman was appear and you must be ready to marry her. You must have known that for 10 years. How you do this, how you solve this mask, I don't know, but that's the way. So you have to have a babe on that G. She must not be your babe. Because your father, father is your babe. You have follow two face. You want to be him. So that's number two. Number three, you want to make your father proud. You have to call his bluff. 
but not suffer head calling his blood for you know say I don't need your money but you hug and hug and you know for me <laughs> call his bluff one day when you are listen to me when you are 18 just tell him when you come up just pick up some bills just pay for light once or twice service generator play for plumbing fee you might also feel intimidated if there are two kinds of fathers there are those that will be excited that you are doing it so you start, you start calling you my brother. Won't you? Say hello. <laughs> hello, Dad. My brother, how are you? Because you are now... And the second one, the ones that will be intimidated, those ones have money. You'll be intimidated. If you service the gen, you buy a new gen. <laughs> <laughs> that the parts, the parts, one part, they're already key, so that all service has no issue. All service has no issue. So, anyway, any which way you'll be, you'll be okay. Another way to make your father proud, this is the longer round, this is just extra tip. Drop out of school and now make it. <laughs> My brother, you'll be so proud of you. Say, I always knew. <laughs> but that one is very risky because if you can't drop out, things don't come dropping. You understand? <laughs> My brother, you know, so that's my advice to you. Just, you know, if you want to make your father proud. All right, to end, to end the episode, we play a game. Oh, what's the game? Uh, I want to play who wants to be a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> but but now, nah, we'll, we're going to do something more interesting. Oh, we're going to go back to your secondary school days. Let's go. And you're going to drop some rhymes for us. That's a wrap. Yes. Oh, I'm going in. <laughs> Why am I always going? <laughs> I don't know, that's great. <laughs> oh yeah, give me the beat. Uh, uh, wait till you rap. Give me the word. I'll just, I'll just bounce on it. Oh, just give you a word. Just, yeah. you just want us to give you a word. Mm. Mm. The word is fear. Why, why, why fear? That's, that's, that's <laughs> interesting. That's on my screen. <laughs> but I need a beat so that I can. Mm. Just any rap beat. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You really want to give me a beat too? Yes. That's serious. Yes. Ah, some hip hop flow. Mm. Come on. Yo, fresh boy, graduate from Covenant. You see me, my flow is so repellent. A failure of everything that's permanent. I don't know what's how they talk, I love it. Come on, always forgive. Man's not the revenant. Only one standing like an elephant. Feel free, let me give you some lines you can know. I'm the only one rapping this time. Next word, give me the new word. Make I flow, make I show you how to do it. Make you just they know. Why you give me bowen? I want to do it well. If you give me another skill, I will give you real. <laughs> Yeah. What was the original? Okay, no, no, that was coming. Yeah, so black. Yes. Black, don't crack. I'm the only one rapping so fly with this text. If you see me next week, no, I'm on top. I'm the only one that can give you men on ever floor. Fire. Fire. That's the way I go in. You can feel the feeling I'm giving. You can see I'm speeding. If you know that the fire's coming out, my words are you see it. You can tell me that next week I'm gonna be single. Honestly. I'm a-
How many ones you want to give me? The ones come the jam, like say we did traffic for Lagos. If you know that I'm the only one, they know fish famous. I'm the only one standing me on top of the. My brother, come the shake, come the shake. Through with the boss, come the shake, come the shake. No. Thanks for church. That's the one I'm part of. I'm the only one that can come. Hey, I don't know, man. I don't like today. Oh my God, everybody. That is your book, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> hey, everybody, please. Thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Really multi-talented. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's been a long time. All right. And that's been episode one. <laughs> I've had enough for one mic. <laughs> and, and that's been episode one. If you watched this far, I appreciate you. Thank you. And see you on the next episode. Hi guys, you just watched this episode of Walking Like I Talking with Itoho. And I want you to like, share, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your family, share with your enemies. Peace.